Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Text line has been popping. Keep those coming. 704-570-9610. Hit that follow button. All the good behind-the-scenes footage or all the stuff that you hear but don't necessarily get to see, like War Cry Wednesday and all that good stuff. Follow us on the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram at WestBryan underscore 72, at HTB underscore Josh, and at Walker Mail on Twitter and Instagram, and most importantly, at Wesson Walker on Twitter. Hit that follow button, all right? So now, getting back into the conversation, as Walker said, it's been a while, but let's not delay it any longer. It is time to go to the campus corner. All right. The North Carolina Tar Heels continued their winning ways. They've won 10 in a row. They're 9-0 in the ACC after they took out Florida State, who was a feisty bunch, those Seminoles were. But Carolina became the first team to win 750 regular season ACC games. They're 9-0 for the ninth time and the first time since starting 11-0 in league play in 2000, 2001, 5-0 on the road, despite tying its season high with 17 turnovers. The Seminoles made them pay for those. They scored 26 points off of those, the most by any opponent this season, but Carolina beat them on the boards. They allowed 70 points or fewer in 10 straight games for the first time since 2006-2007. He got 24 big points from R.J. Davis, and Elliott Cadeau scored a season-high 16 points. He had a four, he had 14 in the previous game versus Wake Forest. That's the first time he scored in double figures in consecutive games as a Tar Heel. What do we make of UNC finding ways to win no matter how they have to do it this time on the road against a feisty Florida State? That I trust them more than I've trusted them in quite some time. When we get to the second half, I know R.J. Davis is going to have the shot making down. Trust that guy to make any shot that he takes. There could be a bad shot selection, and I might get frustrated by it initially, and then I remember, oh, wait, that's R.J. Davis. He's been doing nothing but hitting clutch shots all season long. You also go to Harrison Ingram, who has been doing nothing but making the right play constantly, and a lot of these things are effort plays, whether it be rebounding or whether it be going after a block in the final seconds of a potential close shot attempt, whether it be um, some of the clutch threes that they've hit here lately, like Cormac Ryan. and He struggled at times, but how about his couple threes? He had some big threes in the second half. Well, at the beginning of the second half, too, when Florida State was up on them, I trust this North Carolina team to get right every single game in the second half. And it doesn't mean that they're just going to win the rest of the way, but I just trust them more than I've trusted a Carolina team in quite some time. And I do want to go through this, too. A couple of thoughts. How much would Roy Williams love coaching Harrison Ingram? I mean, would, would, would Roy Williams just, like, have a shrine 
to Harrison, out of all of the great players that he's coached, we know that Roy also loves his players as much as any coach out there. I, I feel like Harrison Ingram is the type of guy that Roy would have a shrine for, and I'm sure that's also true of Hubert Davis. The other thing here is, is this guy just the best rebounding wing that Carolina basketball has seen in, I don't know, the last, like, is it ever? Like 20, 20 years? Antron Jameson, people might argue about because he played wing in the NBA, but he was down low for the most part in college. Uh, Fiddy, help me out here. Like, is there anybody that reminds you or is in the same stratosphere as far as a rebounding wing goes? I, I was looking up some of the stats, and I couldn't find anybody, at least in the last 10. Yeah, no, I defer to Colin Hoggard back on Charlotte Sports today. Myron Goodman texted in telling us George Lynch. I thought Reggie Bullock for a wing was a really good rebounder. Averaged over like six rebounds per game. But Harrison's averaging over 11 in ACC play. He's actually averaging more rebounds than points in conference play. And the thing that blows my mind is that he'll come 10, 15 feet out of nowhere. And he's the one getting the ball. He has to change his uniform at halftime. They're fun rebounds, man. Because of how much he sweats during the course of the game. And, um, you know, what he, I mean, 17 boards on the road at Florida State, 19 boards on the road at NC State. I need a cigarette when I get done watching him. Re- <laughs> when I get done watching him rebound, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, and so you talking about that? He had 13 points, 17 rebounds, three steals, and a block shot. You talk about stuff in the stat sheet, and it was his sixth double double uh, of the season, and the sixth time in the last eight games that he's had 10 or more rebounds. And so, your boy got up and did a little bit research this morning, and so I asked myself the question: with the way, and Walker, I got to give you your flowers once again on calling it with Ingram because I certainly didn't see it at first the impact that he was going to have. Thank you. But I asked myself, I said, is he Carolina's second best player? And why do I ask this? Because you look at Armando Baycott, five points in each of the last two games, still waiting on him to put together this dominant performances on a consistent basis. And during this 10-game win streak, Baycott is averaging 12 points, five points per game in the last two games, uh, around nine rebounds. But he's getting it done blocking shots, and he's shooting 55% from the field. Ingram's at 10 points per game. 11 rebounds, 38% from three. Uh, He's a little under a block per contest. And field goal percentage is not quite as efficient. He's around 38.5% from the field there. But with everything that he does, do you think that Ingram is Carolina's second best player? I was having this conversation with Fiddy and Flounder at Graham Street Pub, I guess what is now a couple of weeks ago. Already, hey, is Harrison the second best player for this team? I think he has cemented himself into that role right now. And I'm not telling you that he's the second, has the second best history on this squad. Mm -hmm. Armando has that. He's got too many accolades to put Harrison above Armando on the all-time list, right? But Harrison's a more impactful player for this team than Armando is right now. And that's not to throw shade. I think defensively, Armando still matters a lot. I think his defense has improved a ton. I think he's had to change his role. But, Wes, it doesn't matter what you ask of Harrison Ingram. He's got the ability to do it. I'm looking at his game log throughout the entire year. He went through every single game reaching double-digit in points in 2023. He had the weird three-game stretch where he got 7, 9, and 9 to start conference play. And he's only 11, 10, 11, 10, 13. The scoring has gone down, but the rebounding had just shot up. There's only been two games where he's had single-digit rebounds, and he's throwing some monster numbers up there on the board. 15, 19, 17, 14. This guy can change the way he plays midway through the season. 
He's got. I thought the three point percentage was going to suffer this year, but he's shooting over forty percent from three. I, I I have to tell you, R.J. Davis is number one, and Harrison Ingram is the second most impactful player that the North Carolina Tar Heels have on their roster right Pretty, now. What is your thoughts on that, and, and what's your trust factor in Armando Baycott at this point? Because one thing I'm looking at too, when they get into the tournament, let's say you have to face. You get to the Final Four and you got to face a Zach Eady or somebody like that where you need that production from the paint. How much do you trust Armando right now? I mean, look, there's no denying I think he's adjusting to not being the primary focus offensively. Um, But it's not taking him away from being an elite defender. And he's defending pick and rolls at an elite level. His ability to recover and block shots have been absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Walker, tell me if this is a stretch too far. You go back to that 2017 national title team. Isaiah Hicks was an enigma, man. Like, there were nights he would play well. There were nights he would disappear. But I said all year long, for them to win a national championship, they were going to need him. He made the bucket in the game to put them, I think, up four over Gonzaga. They're going to win the national championship. If Carolina's going to reach the final four, if they're going to cut down the nets, they're going to need him. And Harrison Ingram? No. Or Ar- Isaiah Hicks when you were gone. Yeah, yep. so so I, I feel like my trust is there with Armando because I know how much this guy wants to win. He came back to repair his image. He didn't want to go out being a loser. So I don't think he cares about his individual statistics and accolades. He wants North Carolina to win. And as long as that's the primary focus for him, when this team needs him, I think he's going to show up and that might be this Saturday in a top seven matchup at home against Duke. Yeah, we can keep it simple. I think Armando has earned the benefit of the doubt as an important college basketball player that will deliver in big moments. I think we've seen that throughout his tenure there. Now, last year didn't really happen, but remember, I don't know how much of that was Armando's fault, right? That was because they had a backcourt crisis, and they didn't know what their identity was in the backcourt between Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. You fixed that by Caleb leaving for Arizona and bringing in the right transfers, and Armando has to change a little bit. But I do give Armando the benefit of the doubt for showing up in the big-time games, and I completely agree with it. All right, so moving on to the Duke Blue Devils, and you look at what they did this weekend 11 ties 12 lead changes the final lead came on a pair of free throws by Tyrese Proctor uh, Duke trailed 69-65 with 203 remaining they got steals on four straight possessions including three in a row by Jared McCain and that was able to clinch the game for them Brad Brownell and the Clemson faithful were not happy about this Tim Beret called it the worst game he'd seen officiated in 46 years Brad Brownell said that the game was stolen from them what do we make of this game and is Duke just looking and shakier and shakier uh, each time out when we see them. Um, I do not agree with Brad Brad Brownell. I do agree with you about Duke looking shakier and shakier. Yeah, man, like Duke is hanging on and they're winning games and there's something to be said for that. That's ultimately why you play. But I also don't feel great about them and some of these matchups that they've had. Went down to the wire against Georgia Tech. Went down to the wire against Clemson where they were very close to losing that. I also don't agree that the refs took this away from them, man. Like, look, I I know it, it's the officiating wasn't great. It wasn't even good. I agree with that. But also, there's a lot of fouls going around. P.J. Hall also had a couple of free throw attempts to win this game, just like Tyrese Proctor did. It was all about 
with enough time, which really all you needed was like a second and a half or so. But as long as there was just a little bit of time and your team had the ball, then you might just get a foul called on the other team. If you were attacking and you were being aggressive, both teams were. And the officials, I thought, made bad calls on both sides. I, Brad Brownell saying that the officials took that game away from him. I can't get down with that, Wes. Can you get down with that? I, uh, you know, I, I think you get what you earn. We know officials are going to make mistakes in games, yeah. man. We know that. All right. So count them up, Walk seven in a row for them 49ers. They yep. get the win over two lanes, 75 to 71. Igor Milicic balling out, double-double, 22 points, 13 rebounds. Walking the Niners, man, they're cooking. I think you got to start uh, NCAA tournament dreaming right yep. now if yep. you're a 49ers fan. No, it's here. It's here. I would love to make it. The, the reality is that they have to win the conference championship. So you have to allow yourself to be as high of a seed as possible once you get to this conference tournament. But once they do that, then they have set themselves a foundation to where they could possibly make a run at this thing, Wes. I love what Aaron Fern is doing with the squad. Those players absolutely love him. And the fact that you're now continuing to win these close games, it's a little bit in the same neighborhood of Carolina and the fact that you can start to trust them now. Oh, okay, they're down 20. They've come back from two 20-point deficits on this winning streak, and so they're never going to be out of it. Even defensively, while maybe Ron Sanchez was trying to you know, preach a certain level of defense that they weren't able to reach on a consistent basis, Aaron Fern is just able to push the right buttons every single game to either have them win outright or come back from 20 points down. I love what we're seeing from the Charlotte team. And Wes, you're right. You can always trust them. Now it is a real conversation of can they get back to the NCAA tournament? It, this is the problem with being a mid-major squad, especially suffering that many losses early, though. you got to win the conference tournament, and I, I'm hoping that they don't lay down once we get to that part of the season. All right, as we close this thing out quickly, uh, NC State missed its last 12 field goals of the first half. They only shot 20% in the first half versus Syracuse. That led to a 77-65 loss on the road. Is the thrill gone, Finney, in Raleigh for the Wolfpack? Uh, ask Kevin Keats. He's the one that spent his Saturday evening blocking state fans. So that's where his program is at. I hate to see it because y'all know as much as I hate NC State and I love trolling them. I like when they're good. It's better for our league. It's better for our conference. But, um, you know, if you're a tournament type of team, you find a way to go win out of Virginia, even though they have the longest home winning streak in the country, you find a way to win at Syracuse, a team that's nowhere near making the NCAA tournament. I feel like in the next month or so, we'll be finding the list of candidates to replace Kevin Keats and Raleigh. And just when we thought that you could start to trust them at least a little bit, and maybe nobody ever fell for what you might consider to be fool's gold, that was still a big win against Wake Forest. But to drop three straight, Virginia Tech on the road against Virginia, on the road against Syracuse, man, you even have a home loss mixed in there too with a team that you have to beat if you're going to be a tournament team. And it's why you couldn't get gain a ton of confidence in this squad being there at the end of this thing and people were saying well look you know nc state is a good acc team in a league that might only have a few bids here and there but nc state should be one of those squads and to lose three straight like that it's unfortunate for wolfpack fans and yeah this might be the season if he starts blocking nc state fans and they don't get to the big dance after being a first round exit last year after not making it years prior nc state fans might have just finally had enough this season all right very last thing duke has a 13-9 advantage over the hokies as far as their series overall but the last 14 games inside of castle coliseum have been evenly split is duke on upset alert tonight versus virginia tech on the road 
You're going yes, Fitty? Yep, I'll say yes. I, I turned the wrong mic on. Yep, I, I I think Virginia Tech, they're trending towards being a tournament team. I think they, I, I think they upset Duke. Well, yeah, this is the thing about Virginia Tech. They always spoil everybody else's chances, and they are on a three-game winning streak, as we mentioned. Being at home, yeah, I think they are on upset alert. Uh, Duke just hasn't separated themselves enough for me to feel comfortable picking them night in and night out. Yeah, I'll pick Duke uh, in a close one.